And Rick Hendricks' team's going to tie a record that stood since 1956. One-two finishes four races in a row as Kyle Larson wins at Sonoma. Larson right down on the white line, taking the short way around, leaving Keslowski no out, and your all-star winner, Kyle Larson. Jesse Moose won that race. Welcome back to the Full Tank with Phil podcast, the first ever podcast about gambling on NASCAR. We took a break last week for the All-Star Race, and now we are back in the saddle, which is a perfect way to put it, because we're going, for the first time in just about a decade, to Nashville, the home of country music, Nashville Super Speedway. It's going to be a uh, tough one to predict, but on this episode, if you're looking for something to give you some sort of edge in a very green track as far as gambling is concerned, that's what we're going to do. We're going to look at ways to pick winners. we got some super value picks in the top 10 section and head-to-heads. We're going to be using as much data as we possibly can. And then at the end, we're going to use the Phil's Fired Up section to talk about more bets. Yeah, we're going to hit the Truck Series this week as well because all three series are there and Truck's on Friday night's can't get any better than that. So um, that's what we're going to do on this episode. But first, we've got two things to talk about. All right. We skipped over two recaps because of uh, not doing the podcast last week because Sonoma. I mean, we can't not talk about it. We did pretty damn well at Sonoma. Went 3-0 and in the head-to-head section. Absolutely crushed that. And then actually hit a, a race day parlay as well. So very good day for the head-to-head picks. And then the Kurt Busch top 10, I was all over it. Put the clip out there on Instagram even, and and he came through for us in a very big way. And then almost had uh, a a really good top 10 day, but McDowell got into it with Suarez on that last lap. Those two bumping heads and having a little bit of beef, and that actually did not work out well for us because that knocked – our guys out of the top 10. So that was a little bit of a killer, but still came out on top there. And then, you know, overall, the takeaway from that race is Hendrick Motorsports. I mean, that's that's going to be a kind of a theme as we're talking about these races here. But Larson wins again. Chase comes in second. Chase, once again, not giving us a reason not to take him in these road courses. So he'll be on our ticket next time around. Sonoma overall thought it was a pretty good race. I liked how guys got off cycle, and it was entertaining, even though... Chalk one from the pole, um, which was a bit of a surprise for me. I kind of thought that Larson would be an afterthought there, but he definitely was not winning all three stages. So, uh, Sonoma, good race overall. Then we moved to the all-star race, which, as I said, I took that week off because when they laid out the rules and the, the structure of the race, I was just too overwhelmed. I didn't think it was going to be a good race to try to predict winners. I thought all the inversions and, and the way that they were running that race was just a a little too much. Didn't know really what to expect. Um, So I said, you know what, this is kind of silly to try to pretend like I am going to be able to project winners, whether it's head-to-heads or top tens or whatever. Um, And then the race happened, and it was all chalk. I mean, really, that's what it came down to. So Larson wins again. So at the end of the day, the race kind of turned out, you know, the best cars still were 
you know, running up front. And at the end, that 10-lap shootout was entertaining. But I still thought the segments, you know, having six of them or whatever the total was, the first four, then you had the fifth one that had a little bit more um, weight on it. It was very convoluted. I mean, the all-star race is supposed to be a spot where you can put non-NASCAR fans in front of the television and, you know, let them get acquainted with it a little bit. And that is not that type of race, the way that they laid that out. I mean, and the broadcast wasn't that great either. You wouldn't really, weren't really able to tell kind of as they run, like where they were going to be in that last segment for that shootout at the end. Very difficult. Um, But to, to really really call the the main problem out it's texas motor speedway i mean that is the most boring racetrack on the circuit in my opinion i kind of thought that it was going to be boring and then i was like well maybe all of these you know rule changes and and the segments and things like that will maybe spice it up a little bit which i think was the purpose of all of that craziness um but texas it's just not it man and and this is coming from someone who you know i live nearby to Pocono Raceway and I know a lot of people when the conversation starts about like who what kind of track should they take away to add some of these new track ideas Pocono is always thrown out there as a track that should lose their dates um, or their dates now the weekend Um, and you know I get it people don't like Pocono but I can't see how you could look at this race and the full weekend of races and say that Texas is a phenomenal racetrack or, or super entertaining. It's just not. And, you know, trucks, Xfinity and cup, all three series had the heavy favorite win the race. Now I'm not against betting on the favorite. Like that's fine. In NASCAR, for the most part, you can make money betting on the favorite. Cause you're still getting, you know, plus 300 plus 275 value. But when it happens three races in a row in three separate series, that tells you something. Like, you might as well just go watch, you know, the 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 WNBA where only the the top seeds win. You know, it's just so top heavy, and, and that's it. Like sports like that that are so easy pr- to predict. That's what you're getting at Texas Motor Speedway. Um, I watched the Truck Series. I bet on the Truck Series. I took Nemechek, and you know. My parlay kind of shit the bed early because of Sheldon Creed um, going to the garage. So I was really cheering for him. And at the end of the day, of course he wins. Like, that's what it turns out to. Then Kyle Busch was minus money to win that race for the Xfinity Series. And of course he went out and won that race. And then Larson, even with all the craziness, the heavy favorite was able to get it done again. So is that the kind of track that you like? I I just can't see. I mean, I have no, not trying to offend anyone that's, you know, Texas Motor Speedway fan. It's just helped me understand it, you know. And, and like I said, I'm coming from an angle where I kind of dig Pocono Raceway because there's a little bit of strategy to it um, when they treat it like a road course and all that. We'll talk about it next week. But in any case, it was just, uh, you know, you need something different for the All-Star Race in general. You know, the, the dirt, there's so many things. You could make it the dirt race. You could just do all sorts of different ideas. I heard Jeff Gluck talking about making it a royal rumble where it's reversed where the last person on the the lead lap or the last person in line basically gets eliminated every x amount of laps and then you whittle it down to four guys i mean do something crazy take a shot this stuff was too too convoluted it was too confusing and it ended up being the same thing anyway so it was very disappointed i'm glad that i didn't really bet on it because um kind of saved my money uh i really 
was not thrilled with what I saw in that race and, and, you know, the open for that matter as well. So let's put all of that behind us in the rear view. And we're going to look ahead because this is an interesting conversation to have throughout this episode, Nashville super speedway. It's essentially a brand new racetrack to us as the gamblers. The gambling world is a hundred percent different than it was back in 2011. The last time NASCAR had a series running there. So it, we're treating it like a brand new track. Now we've got ways that we can try to predict who's going to be good here. So we'll talk about that in a second, but let's take a quick look at the track stats. It's a mile and a third racetrack, concrete trioval, 14 degree bankings. So the question is, you know, is there anything similar to this? And I'm happy to say that I use a website for gathering data on NASCAR that did aggregate similar tracks. So it's taking the last two races from these similar tracks, and there's five of them that they're calling out here. So these similar racetracks are Atlanta, Texas, Charlotte, Kansas, and Michigan. Now, I don't really understand why. I mean, I I guess I don't know the details and the nitty gritty of what goes into that algorithm to say that those are the similar tracks, but that's what this website that I use religiously is putting out there. So these are the the races and, you know, the stats that we're going to go off of for this episode. I've dug in deep, you know, put the list together for the rankings for our typical stats, average finish, driver rating, average running position, and, you know, others, and tried to, you know, figure out who's good and who's not at these similar tracks. When you hear me calling things out like the last 10 races, I think actually for most of these drivers, it's the last nine races. For whatever reason, one of the tracks only had one race, I think because the Texas stats are coming from the last weekend, the All-Star Open and the All-Star Race. So that's what we're working with. So it's up to date as far as like recent data. You could have some tracks that we ran this year, like Atlanta already in Charlotte, Texas, like we said, and then others that we haven't. So you're going to get, you know, basically the last calendar year of, you know, statistics for these drivers. So it's not talking about 15 races ago or anything like that, or, you know, 2015, that's what I meant to say. We're talking about very recently, the last nine to 10 races at these quote, similar tracks. So that's what we're going to be working off of. We're going to try to use this information plus 2021 data. I mean, we're almost halfway through this season. We should be able to kind of look to how these guys are doing in the season and utilize that as well. So it's a combination of things that's going to help us zero in on some of these guys. And then it's the the strategy of the odds as well. Now, the trucks and the Xfinity series were the last ones to run here in 2011. So we do have some guys that are active today that have experience being in victory lane at Nashville Super Speedway. Uh, Kevin Harvick won two Xfinity races here. Brad Keselowski had two Xfinity races. Logano won an Xfinity race. And then you got Kyle Busch, who won an Xfinity and won two truck races here. And then Austin Dillon had a truck win at Nashville. So, you know, there's something to consider, I guess. I mean, that's something really individually as the gambler, you'd have to make that decision. Is that 
type of thing interesting enough to you to pull the trigger on gambling on these guys in any capacity, whether it's a win the race or a head-to-head or top 10? I don't know. Tough to say. For me, it might be a little too far back, but I will always say if a guy knows what victory lane looks like or how to get there, then you know it's a little notch in your belt. So you know, something to think on at the very least. Now, the other thing that's important to call out as the gambler is we're actually going to get practice at qualifying this weekend because they're giving it to them since it's a new track. A lot of these guys have never seen it. So they're allowing them to practice. And there's implications for you as the gambler because as we saw earlier this year, you can place your bets early. And then once they start practice, you might not get the ability, depending on the sports book, you might not get the ability to bet um, again. Now, the hope is like, the sports books go and they update their odds based on practice. So you'd be able to do it maybe Saturday night, uh, throw your bets in there. But once qualifying starts, there's not a very big window between qualifying on Sunday and the actual race. So for anyone out there that's thinking, yeah, I want to see where my guy qualifies before I throw the bet down. I'll wait for the updated odds. Just be careful because you might not get them. So I'm always in favor of just throwing my guys in early. And then if I can maybe place a, another bet or two with some updated odds, uh, I'll do that. But I just want to make sure I'm safe because I'd hate to be boxed out. You know what I mean? That's the the main focus here for me. So looking at the odds right now, Kyle Larson, he opened at plus 300. Now he's down to plus 275. He is absolute chalk. And I think it makes sense because, you know, looking at those similar tracks that I called out, those races – are, or those tracks are also pretty boring. I mean, they're very chalky racetracks. Atlanta, Texas, like we just talked about. I ripped on Texas for like five minutes. Charlotte, coming out of the Coke 600. I mean, that was pretty chalky. Kansas and Michigan. I mean, you know, I haven't dug too deep into those, I guess. But you get the picture. So why wouldn't this also be? If, you, if you're comparing this racetrack to some snooze fests, why wouldn't this one be as well? So I think that Larson at plus 275 is still worth it as kind of a, a save your butt type of pick. I'll probably throw some money in it, but I'm not going to talk about him on this podcast because the the goal of today is to try to identify some guys who can maybe throw a wrench into this craziness, you know, of this heavy chalk. Let's try to find some heavy value guys and guys that make sense. Who can beat Larson? You know, who might be able to jump up and snag something here? Now, one thing that we're going to call out is the fact that what we saw at Texas, Hendrick cars remain strong and there's really no end in sight. Like if you're not a Hendrick fan, God, you're going to be in a living hell for a little while now because next week is Hendrick country as well. It just doesn't seem like it's going to stop for a while. Eventually they'll start to fade. You'd have to think, but this doesn't seem like a track where they're going to. I mean, they're very heavily favored, um, at least with that five car up there on this racetrack. And then it was good to see Penske coming back alive at the end of that all-star race. I mean, they had all three guys in the top five, which was impressive. So those are the the guys that we're looking to as far as value. Again, trying to find someone who isn't Larson to talk about that give reasons why they might be able to pull something off and, and cash a big ticket for you. So let's start with Chase Elliott at plus 700. So he's been in the mix with Kyle Larson through a lot of this run here that Hendrick has had. It started at Dover. And since then, at Dover, 
Chase has finished third, first, second, and second. And then he finished third in the All-Star race, I believe. So he is right there. You know what I mean? This run that we're all talking about Kyle Larson on could very easily be Chase. So I'm surprised when I'm seeing that Chase's value is at plus 700 because that's a pretty damn good number. And I think Kyle Larson is heavily, he's like kind of messing up the curve a little bit. And that's good for us here. So I'll take him. I mean, that, that value is just very interesting for someone who's just been the number two guy, essentially, throughout this last month or two of the season. Now, when you're looking at the similar tracks, last nine races for Chase, he has one win, four top fives, and eight top tens. His driver rating on combination of all these tracks is fourth on the circuit. It's 107.2. His average finish is fifth, 8.8, and his average running position is third at 8.0. So what I'm seeing here for Chase is that it's a combination of this season being, you know, kind of right there. And then at these similar tracks, his stats are right there. So he's got his Hendrick power, this momentum that they're on. I mean, this is something that I could see happening. I, I could see Chase going out and getting the job done because he's not too far off the pace here. If Larson struggles or he hits the wall or, or something, or maybe Chase's team just hits it off the truck, they're the team that could go out and snag something. His 2021 stats are also pretty good overall. His drive rating is six compared to everyone. Average finish is second on the circuit, 9.8. So he's well worth the pick if Larson isn't the winner is what I'm trying to get at. So Chase Elliott, plus 700, the teammate, the number two guy so far this year at Hendrick. I like those odds. Now I'm going to stay with Hendrick for just a second because when I woke up on Monday morning, I just had a, a premonition of a, a guy going out and snagging a big value pick, and it's William Byron. Willie B, he's plus 1,200. Now I love this pick right now because it's more Hendrick love. You're still giving... You know, you're still riding that wave because in gambling, when there's a wave to be ridden, you got to hop on until it crashes. I mean, we talk about it all the time with these guys who make these top 10 runs, and Byron was one of those guys um, this year. So this is such good value, again, for that Hendrick Camp 1,200. I mean, that's really good. Now, the thing with him is I'm seeing a lot of feistiness out of, out of him, and I'll talk about that in just a second. But first, similar tracks last nine races he doesn't have a win one top five and five top ten so you know that's not something that's too crazy and then you look at the rest of his stats his average finish on these similar tracks is 10th compared to everyone 11.9 his driver rating also 10th 89.2 so the fact that they're 10th and 10th there his odds to finish in the top 10 are minus 200 if you've got a little money to spend that might be a good option here for you but um his average fastest laps per race is eighth with these similar racetracks. It's 10.8. So I like that stat as well. The thing about Willie B is that this year, he's really starting to come into his own as a driver, driving that 24 car. He has shown a lot of speed this year. His green flag speed is second compared to everyone. It's only behind Martin Truex Jr. in 2021. It's 8.7 average green flag speed. So that's really impressive. His 2021 driver rating is fifth. And, you know, he's putting the pieces together. He's a young guy finding his footing. And this is definitely a racetrack that I could see him winning because, you know, all the notes that are being passed around Hendrick Motorsport, he his team's getting them. 
You know what I mean? And I mentioned him being feisty. I mean, last week in the All-Star race, Chase was kind of bullying him a little bit from what I saw. I mean, there were times when I think Byron could have passed Chase and Chase was throwing blocks. And, you know, it was kind of playing nice, but that might have been just because it was a non-points paying race. I think Byron is in a position right now where he can it may not be this weekend, but throughout this season, keep your eye on him because I think he's going to get more aggressive as he comes more into his own. And um, I want to be there when he does. So plus 1,200, I really like that pick for the value and everything I'm saying there about him and getting some more of that Hendrick love. Now, the last guy I'm going to call out for winners, Ryan Blaney, plus 1,800. That's a monster number. And the thing about it is, it was great to see Penske coming back alive. Like, it seemed like they were dead in the water for a little while there. And at the All-Star Race, seeing those guys all finish in the top five was very encouraging, I guess you could say, as a, as a gambler. You know, not a fan, just as a gambler, because you want more options to be able to snag some good wins and, and some good tickets. So, Blaney, I think, gives you the best value out of that Penske crew. So if you're going to say, all right, Penske's back, right? They're back in the ballgame. I think Blaney is the best bet here out of these guys because he's giving you the best value at plus 1,800. And when you're looking at these similar tracks, his stats are actually, at an aggregate look, better than his two teammates. So better value, better stats. Sign me up. Last nine races, he has one win, five top fives, six top tens. His average finish is 10.7. That's eighth compared to everyone. Driver rating is fifth, 104.7. And average running position is also fifth. So those two, driver rating and running position, are better than both of his teammates in these stat categories. His average fastest laps, fourth at these similar racetracks, 14.3 per race. So that's impressive. Sonoma was his first top 10 since Darlington. So there's something where you see like, okay, you know, he's coming back to life a little bit. And then in the all-star race, he finished top five and he was, you know, talking about Byron being a little feisty. He was feisty. He was sending it at the end. So maybe he's getting a little bit more confidence. He took a little cat nap during this season and now he's back. Fantastic value. And if you, you know, aren't sure who to take in the Penske crew, plus 450 is a good prop bet you can take there. I mean, that's really good value for three pretty solid cars. I mean, if it's not going to be Hendrick, I mean, JGR last week, the all-star race really was uh, kind of a letdown. So if Penske's back, hey, that could be worth it. Um, they're the third on that list, Hendrick, then JGR, then Penske, plus 450, pretty solid value, pretty high value too. If you're paying attention to that stat week to week or that prop rather, uh, week to week, that's a pretty good value. So that could be more your speed if you don't want to go all in on someone who's been off the pace recently, Ryan Blaney, plus 1,800. So that's going to wrap up my picks to win the race that aren't Kyle Larson. It's Chase Elliott, plus 700, Byron, plus 1,200, and Blaney, plus 1,800. Lock it in. You serious, Clark? So now let's turn our attention to the top 10 section. But first, a quick prop. You know, sometimes we do prop bets in this section and not going to get too crazy here today. But since we talked about that Penske prop a second ago when we were finishing up talking about Ryan Blaney, I wanted to touch on JGR because I'm not calling out any JGR cars to win the race. But those guys are up there in the odds list. When you're looking at, you know, the favorites to win the race, you've got Denny Hamlin up there. You've got Kyle Busch up there. 
MTJ. He's up there as well. He's the second favorite right now, going off at plus 600. So I think the plus 225 bet, if you're a JGR fan, could be worth going all in on this weekend. Instead of trying to zero in on one of those guys, I think you would spend your money wisely taking that prop bet because if it's not going to be Larson, there's a real good shot it could be one of those four guys. I mean, I didn't call out Christopher Bell. He's way down the list on the odds, but um, that team itself, it's, it's a little tough to zero in on one of those guys right now because they've kind of faded with Hendrick taking over. So that would be a good prop to take if you wanted one of those guys, unless you just had some you know, inclination of one standing out ahead of the pack. I don't get that feeling right now. I just think they're kind of all lumped together. So that's why I'm calling the plus 225 pick out there right now. So now let's talk about top 10s. I mean, we were good last time we had a podcast with the Sonoma race, and we're going to go back to the well on some of this stuff. Let's start with our boy, Kurt Busch. I mean, he got it done for us at Sonoma. All right, he hit it big. Plus 160 was what he hit at Sonoma, and he's, you know, not getting any respect. I got no respect here. Plus 150 here at Nashville is what he's going off at. So he hit us big for Sonoma. He hit at Texas in the all-star race for a top 10. So that's back-to-back top 10 finishes for Kurt Busch. Now, very small sample size, but he started off the season contending for these top 10s and then it's just completely faded. Ganassi, we've talked about it all the time, how we just haven't seen the speed out of Kurt Busch's car and, you know, his teammate for that matter. So maybe he's got a little bit of momentum here in these past two races. Now, if you're looking at the similar racetrack stats, the last nine races, Kurt has five top 10 finishes. So more than 50% of the time, this guy's finishing in that top 10 and we're getting these odds, plus 150, lock me in. I mean, driver rating at these tracks compared to everyone within the last calendar year, like in the one car, we're not talking about for a long period of time, he's 12th compared to everyone, 81.5. Average finish, not so great. I mean, I think this is the reason why, you know, he's probably down the, the list a little bit. 19.0. Okay. That's a little rough when we're trying to finish in the top 10, but hey, maybe he just had some bad finishes along the run here. The driver rating stat is really what kind of counteracts that to tell us maybe there's a little bit more to the story than that average finish. Average running position, 15.5. So kind of right, a little bit further back, kind of what you'd expect, honestly, for this one car right now. So I'm fine with that. And I think he might be able to get it back up there in the top 10. We saw at Sonoma, they had no problem going off cycle. And I don't know if that'll be a, a similar potential uh, this weekend at Nashville on that track. I don't know if that's how the crew chiefs are going to try to play it, breaking it up a little bit. But Kurt definitely seems open to that possibility. We'll probably see a little bit more of that next weekend at Pocono. Kurt, I think, you know, look for him in practice. If, you're, if I'm not selling you right now, Look for him in practice. I'm definitely going to be watching to see how he handles things. And if that one car shows some practice speed, hey, you're probably not going to get this value, you know. So lock me in at plus 150 for Kurt to do it again. I think he's kind of finding it again. He's finding his footing once again this season. And that one car could be a good top 10 pick week in and week out like it used to be. Now we'll move on and talk about a different guy here, Austin Dillon in the top 10. 10 plus 125. So Austin is an interesting case. I, 
you know, he kind of scares me a little bit. But then when I'm looking at these guys trying to find value, I mean, my goal this week on this podcast was to find some some good value. I didn't want to take minus money, you know, more of the chalky picks in the top 10 because, hey, let's try to get some value while we're at it. And so Austin stood out to me because in nine starts on these similar tracks, he also has five top 10 finishes and his driver rating is 13th, 81.2. He's right behind Kurt. So if you're going to tell me that Kurt's a good pick, Austin still giving you some good value there at plus 125. He's right there. His average finish is even way better than Kurt's. It's 11th on the circuit, 12.2. So if you think about that, his average finish being 12.2, hey, that's the type of stat that we need for a guy to finish in the top 10. So mark it in, plus 125. Now here's the other thing. In 2021, his driver rating is 12th compared to everyone. So if one of these bigger names, right, if they run completely as the driver rating stat for 2021 lays it out, which never happens, but if it were to happen, all you would need is one of those guys ahead of him to run into some trouble, and there he is. He's right there knocking on that door. So I think that's a, a solid situation there. Austin has won at Texas in the past. That's one of our similar tracks. Um, Nashville, I mean, when you're talking about Nashville, he just gives off Nashville vibes to me. He's kind of got that like quasi celebrity status. He's probably got a lot of big, you know, country music stars that come to the racetrack. He's got some positive momentum maybe um, on his side. He's got you know rubbing shoulders with the rubbing elbows rather with the uh, the famous people there on Music Row. So hey, Austin Dillon might have some good mojo going this weekend. So plus one twenty five for the intangibles there. Lock it in for me in the top 10 finish. Now we're going to get into a pick that some people might just say, dude, you're you're crazy uh, because the value for this guy is plus 350. And we're talking about Chris Busher. So in a chalky world, in a very chalky potential racetrack and in a boring race, this is a super risky pick. But I'm fine with it because I'm not seeing Chris Busher in any of the head-to-head matchups that are available on the books that I use. So I wanted some action on him because he's been making me some money recently. I mean, he really has. So he's up there in the top 10 area throughout this season. So let's take a look a little bit deeper because plus 350 really scares you away. But four top 10s in this 2021 season. So that's out of 16 races. So that's 25% of the time he's finishing in the top 10. That's impressive. The thing is, three of those four top 10 finishes came at Atlanta, Charlotte, and Kansas. Those are all similar tracks, according to the website that we're using here, uh, to Nashville Super Speedway. So that's a big thing. I mean, you want to dive in deeper to the weeds there. There it is. So that could be some hidden value here. He's got nine starts on these uh, similar racetracks, four top 10s. His driver rating is 18th. And in 2021, his driver rating is 15th. I don't think a lot of people would have predicted him being up that high through this part of the season. But here he is. He's having a great year. So I could see it. I think this is in the realm of possibility. So like I said, maybe it's too risky for your blood. I don't know. I'm going to throw some little bit of cash here on, on Chris Buescher to finish in the top 10 because I'm really rooting for him. I like betting on some of these different teams, the smaller teams, to do well because it makes the sport stronger. So Chris Busher, three plus 350, lock it in 
to go along with Kurt Busch, plus 150, and Austin Dillon, our little Nashville celebrity guy, plus 125. All right, all right, all right. So now we'll get to the section that we've been very good at so far this year. The head-to-head section is where we look at two drivers that are matched up against each other with specific odds, and we choose which one's going to come out on top. So we've got three matchups here, like always, that we're going to break down. And for a couple of these matchups, I'm going to approach it a little bit differently um, than I usually talk about it. But first, we'll start with a heavy-hitting matchup. Two guys that are big, big names in this sport. It's Kyle Busch going off at minus 139 as the favorite versus Kevin Harvick, minus 105. Now, I find these odds a little interesting because usually in the matchups, when you see someone going off at minus 139, the guy they're facing off against is plus 100. But Harvick, minus 105, that tells you that, you know, they're really not counting him out too much. So these are two guys that when you're looking at these similar tracks and the stats for them, they're at the top of these lists. But, you know, looking at this year, clearly they're not having the seasons that they're used to having. So, you know, maybe this is a a track that they can bounce back at um, if you consider them needing a bounce back. So let's take a look at Harvick and his stats, and we'll kind of work our way through this. So Kevin Harvick, at these similar racetracks, last nine races, he has three wins, five top fives, eight top tens. Now, some of those are going back to last year, and uh, or you know th- definitely going back to last year because that's when he was absolutely dominant. It's where the wins are coming from. But his driver rating at this time, in these last nine races, second on the circuit, his average finish, second on the circuit, and his average running position, second on the circuit. Um, a little bit of a pattern here. And so that would really get your attention and make you say, hey, why not take the underdog here? Because his stats are through the roof. In addition to that, have you seen Kevin Harvick's scheme, his his paint scheme for this week? Driving the, the Gravedigger car, the Monster Jam car. It's absolutely sick. I am in love with it. Um, I love seeing these different paint schemes, and when you've got that type of theme to it, it's even better. So all in all, very good stuff here if you're looking at it at face value here for Kevin Harvick. Then you compare that to Kyle Busch in his nine races at these similar tracks. One win, seven top fives, eight top tens. So very similar numbers there. Harvick has him in the whim department, but still... Um, Kyle has the top fives, and they're both even with eight top tens. His drive rating is third, right behind Harvick. Average finish, third, right behind Harvick. And his average running position is six. So he's behind Harvick in all of these stats, but not by much is the point. Now, this is where we need to take those stats a little bit of a grain of salt because we know that they're not the guys that they were last year. Um, Or actually, Kyle has kind of been, but Harvick has not. And 2021, Kyle has definitely been the better driver. His average green flag speed is 10.3. That's sixth compared to Harvick, who just hasn't had the speed that he's used to. He's 12.1, which is 10th on the circuit. Kyle has a slightly better drive rating, 95.3, which is seventh out of everyone, compared to 91.1 for Kevin Harvick, which is eighth. So that's why Kyle is the favorite in this matchup. And that's why I'm taking Kyle in this matchup. I think that Kyle is someone that potentially could win this race if he puts things together. Um, I think Harvick, you know, he's he's in a bit of a fog, I'll call it. Not doing terrible. 
It's just not the Harvick that we're used to seeing. And so until he really steps up and, and shows us something like kind of similar to what we saw in the All-Star race with these Penske guys, right? They were in a bit of a fog and they showed something at the end of that All-Star race. I need something like that from Kevin Harvick for me to be like, yeah, you know what? I'm taking him in whatever bet we're talking about. In this case, I got to go with Kyle Busch. I just like what I'm seeing so far this year with Kyle compared to Harvick this year. So lock it in minus 139 for that 18 car. So now we're going to move on to a teammate battle, and we're going to talk about this a little bit differently. Um, we're not going to take kind of one driver first and the other one. This is really one where I, I don't think uh, it's much of a, a competition, but we'll, we'll break this down here. Eric Amarola is minus 122, taking on Cole Custer, minus 109. So both of these teammates are going to need to put something together. They need a push. Everyone kind of says like, all right, well, you know, we'll hang in there until the all-star race. And then it's time to really figure something out. Or that's when things can change. Um, it's post all-star race time now, you know? And so I'm taking Eric Almirola in this matchup. He won the all-star open. Maybe, just maybe that's the momentum that this 10 team needs to get themselves back into this 2021 season. And when we're looking at the stats, Eric Almirola has all of them over Cole Custer. So driver rating, 73.2 to 66.1. That's a big, big difference. This is now looking at the similar racetracks. Average finish, 15.2 to 20.8. That's a big difference. Average running position, 17.0 to 19.3. All in favor of Eric Almirola. Eric has two top 10s, three top 15s. And all Cole has is just two top 15 finishes. Uh, he hasn't finished in the top 10 at any of these tracks. So in 2021, it's really kind of a, a similar situation. Green flag speed. I mean, Eric Amarola has not been good this year, but he has been faster than Cole Custer. 18.3 compared to 22.1 average green flag speed. So that is uh, something to write home about. Now, driver rating. Custer actually has him by a smidge. It's 20, or sorry, 61.8 to 60.8. So by one driver rating point, uh, Cole Custer has him. And that's the only thing that Cole can say that he's beating Amarola in. So my pick, like I said, Eric Amarola, it just makes too much sense. When you talk about Eric Amarola, you can't talk about it without saying how bad his season's been. But I think coming out of last weekend's All-Star race open, Maybe the ties are starting to turn. And I don't see that or anything like that happening for Custer. So minus 122, put it in. Now the last one, I go through the list of matchups in my head and I'm looking at them and I you know, kind of click on them and take some screenshots to come back to later. And when I do that, I have an idea of who I like. But in this one, I kind of surprised myself. So Eric Jones is taking on Bubba Wallace, minus 139, Eric Jones is the big-time favorite to Bubba Wallace plus 100. So this is a big underdog situation here, and I don't understand why. So Eric Jones, we'll start with him. He has one top 15 finish in the last nine races at these similar tracks, three top 20s. His average finish, 22.0. His driver rating is 72.1. And this is across... You know, these stats are looking at him back last year in the 20 car and this year in the 43 car. So he has Bubba beat 
in the driver rating stat. But other than that, Bubba is either in the lead or right there. So his last nine races, Bubba Wallace, two top 10 finishes, three top 15 finishes. That's you know better overall than Eric Jones, what we just saw. Average finish is 18.7. Again, four points higher than Eric Jones. Driver rating, we mentioned that's slightly less than Jones, 78 or 70.8. And then average running position, slight edge there, 17.0 to Jones is 17.2. Just barely edges him out there. But the fact of the matter is, for a plus 100 value, I would expect to see like complete domination from the Eric Jones side of things. And then you take 2021 into consideration, and Bubba is the one with the advantage there. Green flag speed is 18.7 compared to 20.0. His driver rating this season, 70.0 for Bubba Wallace compared to 60.4. That's a huge, huge difference. So you want to look at the similar track stuff, that's fine. Jones has him in the driver rating category for those similar tracks, but everything else Bubba has. And then this year, Bubba's the one winning these stats. So why is Bubba the underdog? I don't understand it. So I'll take the risk here. I mean, I guess it's a risk taking Bubba plus 100. The sports books clearly think it's a, a big risk, but I don't see it. I see Bubba looking at these data points as a very sound collected pick. So Mark it down. I can't remember when I took Bubba in a head-to-head matchup this year because I've been down on him. But this seems to be a good matchup. So to recap here, I'm taking Kyle Busch, minus 139. Eric Amarola, minus 122 over Cole Custer. And then Bubba Wallace over Eric Jones, plus 100. And then keep your eyes peeled on Instagram at Full Tank Phil for any race day parlays because they sometimes come out with some different matchups closer to race day. So keep your eyes peeled for that. So this week in the Phil's Fired Up section, figured we'd talk a little bit about the trucks going to Nashville this week. So got a message from our guy Tim on Instagram saying, hey, you know, any chance we could talk more about the, the other series, Xfinity and Trucks? And I can tell you right now, I am a huge fan of the trucks, less so about the Xfinity series, just because I feel like it's a little too similar to the Cup series. Um, but I love the, the truck series more because you've got such a hodgepodge of drivers. You've got veterans who have been there forever. You've got, you know, 16-year-old kids sometimes. Um, it, it just kind of results in some craziness on the racetrack and some really fun entertainment. Um, so, And I also like how they race sometimes on Friday nights, uh, getting the, the weekend started for the series. The truck itself, the vehicle itself is 100% different than what we're used to seeing on Sundays compared to Xfinity where it's, you know, slightly off but still pretty similar looking at least um so trucks i definitely yeah they're more my thing i pay attention to them more so let's take a shot at talking about these guys a little bit the data isn't necessarily out there for these guys like it is the the cup series so it does make it a little bit tougher to look into but i'll give you my you know gut feelings heading into nashville and maybe we'll keep our tabs on the the truck series and dabble in xfinity you know sometimes throughout the year but um, we'll, we'll touch on trucks this week. I'll use the, the fired up section for that because I am fired up about the trucks. I love Friday night truck racing. I mean, this time of year, this is Friday night lights. Let's do it. So let's start talking about the heavy favorite, and it's John Hunter Nemechek. Talked about him when I was kind of cutting up Texas, how he went out and he dominated that, or he, 
you know, he won the race. I don't say it was a domination. I mean, Chase Elliott was in there, but he went toe-to-toe with Chase and ended up with the victory. He's the heavy favorite this week, plus 225. And... I think I'm starting to become a fan of John Hunter Nemechek by default. Um, I've always wondered why drivers, especially drivers like his age, who bump up to cup and just kind of ride around the back, continue to do so and kind of just like fizzle out. Why not? I've always said this in my head. Why not go back down to the lower series? I sort of said this about Ty Dillon. You know, he was looking for a ride last year and I, was always asking, like, why not just go back down to trucks, you know, get wins, feel good, you know, and then things, good things will happen for you. Um, that's exactly what John Hunter Nemechek did. You know, he rode last year in the Cup Series. You know, he was a contender for Rookie of the Year. Not really, but he, he raced well. And then this year kind of shocked everyone and said, you know what, full-time truck series ride. I want to, you know, dominate. I want to do well. And because I've been thinking of this and saying this in my head, I, I got to give the guy credit. He's actually doing it, and he's making it work, okay? He is the chalky pick at a chalky racetrack because it makes sense. He's got four wins this year, seven top fives, and nine top tens in 11 races. So anytime that I'm looking at the Truck Series odds, if Kyle Busch isn't in the race, my mind immediately goes to John Hunter Nemechek because you know, even when Kyle is in the race, he's fighting his boss because he's racing in the KBM four truck. Um, and he's given Kyle, you know, he, he took Kyle to task and beat Kyle earlier this year. So he can definitely get it done no matter who's in the race. Even if it's the greatest truck series driver of all time, I say that uh, could be pissing some people off by saying that, but you get the picture. I mean, statistic wise, Kyle Busch is tough to beat this day and age in the truck series and Xfinity series and Nemechek got it done. So plus 225 doesn't scare me like it does, you know, when you're betting on guys more so in like the cup series, because there are stronger candidates throughout the field that could, you know, kind of upset you. Now, I need to take him this week uh, just because this has potential of being another boring race. We'll see. I mean, Nashville had their race taken from them because it was boring. So if you're talking boring, give me the chalk plus 225. I, you know, like Nemechek. For all of those reasons. Now, let's talk about a couple guys. If you're looking for some Hail Marys, some guys that might be able to get it done if Nemechek doesn't. Zane Smith, he's plus 1,000. Zane Smith has been running well recently. I just am waiting for him to kind of jump up and snag the day. Seize the day. Carpe diem, Zane. Um, Plus 1,000 is a very long shot here to win the race, but... He's got seven top 10s through 11 races this season. That's pretty damn good. The thing about him is he doesn't have any top fives yet. And he's plus 300 to finish in that top three. So I think that might be, you know, if plus 1,000 to win the race is a little bit too much to ask of Zane and ask of you as the gambler to throw that down. Maybe that top three bet of plus 300 is something that could get you because he's due for a top five finish. For sure. So why not make it, you know, top three while you're at it? So he's going to get his. GMS is a strong team. It's probably one of my favorite teams in the truck series, to be honest with you. If I'm talking from like a, a fan standpoint. Uh, and this is some big value here, plus 1,000. So if Zane, I mean, he's usually up there in that top 10 section. Um, if he's able to put it together, maybe he grabs you a top three at plus 300. But I think he's a, a solid pick driving that 21 car. 
for the longer odds to win the race because last week he was a guy who got a little bit off cycle and was leading laps and the announcers had a chance to kind of talk about him for a little bit and put a spotlight on him so clearly you know the crew chief there and zane has no problem getting off cycle and and kind of mixing things up a little bit so hey if that happens and things fall in their favor you're looking at a really good payout at plus 1000 other guy we'll call out here ben rhodes okay he's going off at plus 1100 right now and he started the season super hot he won daytona and he won the daytona road course back-to-back wins to start the season he has nine top 10 finishes out of 11 starts He's got five top three finishes, and he's going off at plus 300 to finish in the top three. He's got five of them this year. That's almost 50% of the time. So why is he plus 300? I don't particularly know. I don't know. Um, So that value right there is super interesting to me to finish in the top three. And then to win the race, I mean, you know, clearly he hasn't gotten it done since February time frame, but plus 1100 is a little long and that's a huge ticket to pay out so i don't know i mean I, if you're looking for someone who isn't Nemechek, who is further down longer odds going to give you a huge payday why not ben Rhodes? i mean he's a threat in this series to win the championship so if you got a potential championship driver out there with these types of odds i like him and i can definitely tell you that i'm taking him to finish in the top three at plus 300 um, because those are solid odds too based on his stats so far this year so those are the, the picks for the truck series to win the race, um, chalk and longer odds all around. Now, got a, a top 10 pick here for you. And this is that new guy, Carson Hosever. I, I don't even know if I'm saying his name right. Hosever? Hosever? Uh, I'll call him Hosever for right now. He's plus 105 to finish in the top 10, driving for Nice. I mean, this is a someone who's kind of come out of nowhere this year. Every time he's up there, the announcer's like, here he is again. Wow, he's the surprise of the year. Look at this guy. Um, I think he's a great top 10 bet. He's got three top 10 finishes of his last four races, and the one that he didn't finish in the top 10, he finished 11th. So he's right on the cusp. In 2021, three top fives, four top 10 finishes. He's plus 700 to finish in the top three, and he's done that twice already this year. So, you know, maybe... Uh, I, I'm not going to take him to win the race because of the unknowns of this racetrack and Nemechek and everything we just said about chalk. But some of these other values here for this guy, Carson, I like him. I, I think he's a, a solid pick. So lock it in at plus 105 for a top 10 and plus 700 even for a top three if you really want a, a long shot payday. Um, it's not out of the realm of possibility. So I had to call this guy out because he's on a bit of a roll, uh, especially for the top 10 section. So now I usually always, during the truck series races, throw out some some quick hitting head-to-head parlays. And, you know, we're not going to dive in deep like we do with the, uh, the Cup Series guys. But what I'm targeting right now that you'll probably see on Friday for the head-to-heads, I'm liking Ben Rhodes over Ross Chastain, minus 122. Uh, compared to Chastain's 109. Chastain, clearly, you know, he was a a great truck driver in the past, but the thing is, that was in the past. Now he's focused on Cup Series. And when he jumps back into these rides, I think he's more about trying to get 
some laps down on the racetrack than he is about winning the race. I mean, he, he kind of surprised me last week. I, I completely counted him out in uh, a parlay that I had last week where I was betting against him. And then all of a sudden, later in the race, he's like up there, top 10 and, and really doing well. And then he wrecked. Um, so I'm betting against him this week. I talked about why I like Ben Rhodes. I like typically when you've got the bigger name guys that are coming down and they're facing off against drivers who are, you know, truck series regulars. I typically like the truck series regulars, uh, unless it's a Kyle Busch or Chase Elliott for the most part. Uh, so Rhodes over Chastain is who I'm leaning towards there. Then we've got a matchup, Grant Enfinger versus Stuart Friesen. I can tell you right now that when I was betting, you know, now we have all this legal sports betting, but when I was betting through a bookie, my bookie had a site that allowed me to bet on truck series head-to-head matchups like five years ago. And so I got into a groove where I made a lot of money betting on people against Stuart Friesen. My, my go-to guy was always Brett Moffitt versus Friesen, but then it kind of became Grant Enfinger. So he's going off against Friesen right now, minus 122 over Friesen's 109. I'm going to go with Enfinger in this matchup, I think, this week. Um, I, I just, Friesen struggled last week, and it's a similar racetrack. So, you know, Friesen is usually pretty good at the, the tracks that are slightly, you know, different. And this seems more of a you know, cookie cutter type racetrack. If it's if it really truly is a similar track to the ones that we're calling out, then I, I do like Enfinger in that matchup. Now the last one that I'm leaning towards here is Sheldon Creed minus 134, a big time favorite over Austin Hill. Um, Hill being plus 100 is definitely enticing. I mean he's somebody that could definitely win the race, but Sheldon Creed he killed my parlay last week. And I like Sheldon Creed. That two car, or that two truck, rather. I like it. I like Sheldon. Won some big time money on him when he won Darlington this year. So he's got my attention. The fact that he finished dead last, last weekend, I think he's going to be trying to rebound because he does have the ability to win the race at these tracks. Um, it was just a, a problem last week. So I'm giving him a chance to rebound for me. And this is really personal. So if you don't want to get behind me on this pick, I totally understand. But I think uh, I like this matchup here. I think he's going to take Hill um, to the woodshed on this one and knock it out of the park. So I'll, I'll put that out there on Instagram. I'll put that into a parlay, see what the odds end up being. But those are the three matchups. There are more. There are a couple more. I think uh, Hosever is taking on Chandler Smith. Um, that one has me a little, little shook. And then Zane Smith taking on William Byron. Sometimes I do the Smith parlay where I just take both of those guys to win. Um, but a little nervous. I'm going to have to think a little bit harder on that. We'll see what we do come Friday afternoon. But uh, yeah, those are the, the thoughts that I have on the truck series race. Friday night lights, lock it in. I'm all about it. And if you have any truck series picks out there for me, let me know. And Xfinity series picks for that matter. Just let me know and we'll, uh, yeah, we'll get it out there for anyone else to take a shot at it. Well, that'll do it for another episode of the Full Tank with Phil podcast. Thanks for joining us. Hopefully, we're giving you some good insights on a very green racetrack for gamblers. And go out there and dominate and get ready for next weekend because we're coming to my neck of the woods, Pocono Raceway, for a doubleheader. So you better build up those wallets so you have a lot of money to spend through those two races. Remember, drive fast, take chances, and we'll see you next week for Pocono.
Go. Girl, 